0: This morning, Scripture comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter twenty-five, uh, beginning in verse thirty-one and following on uh, to the end of the chapter. This is the beginning of a new series for us at Covenant. Uh, it's it's in essence uh, the penultimate uh, series as we've been on the journey, focusing on first love. Uh, Our theme verse for the year, we love because God first loved us. And so this series really is our response to that great love. And that response is first love. Hear the word of the Lord, Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me, and I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whenever you did this for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, all you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, For one of the least of these, you did not, for whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in a word of prayer. Father, as we come into this space and time, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful for the wisdom contained therein, and we pray, Lord, that you would meet with us now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes that we would see. Open our ears that we would hear. Open our minds that we come to know and understand your word, and indeed your ultimate will. Open our hearts that we would feel its power. Then by your grace, I ask, Almighty God, that you would open our hands, that we would in response offer grace to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So some of you uh, know a little bit of the origin story of this Church of Covenant, uh, but just to bring you back a little bit, uh, my wife and I were appointed to, to plant a church here in this community in 2011, and, and, and the people began to gather together. We gathered in living room, we gathered uh, in community, and then we launched for public worship on January 8, 2012. And and that morning, we gathered together, and we've done this every morning since. That morning for worship, we gathered together uh, those that were in the worship team, those that were were preaching or reading or leading, and those that were uh, serving in the life of the church, offering hospitality, uh, ushering, greeting, all of these things. And we gathered together for prayer. And at the end of that prayer, uh, that very first morning on January the 8th, uh, I, I, I I prayed over the time, I was so excited, uh, I was just overwhelmed with joy, just anticipating what God was going to do amongst us, the new relationships, the opportunities to connect with people that we hadn't yet had, because we had not launched public worship yet, and, and so I was just so excited, and at the end of that prayer, I said amen and I looked up and I saw the people. And the Lord put a word in my heart and I articulated it. It was host and hostesses of Jesus, we go. To the best of my knowledge, I'd never said that before. Host and hostesses of Jesus. We go and, and and I grew up in, in, in a nineties uh, uh, youth group ministry setting, and and in that day and age we would hear things like you're the hands and feet of Jesus. That was that was common. Uh, 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 phraseology for Christians in that time. You're the hands and feet of Jesus. And, and, and that's true. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus alive and well in us through the power and working of the Holy Spirit. Now moving through us in the world that God chooses to use us to, to be his instruments in the world. But, but that's different hands and feet of Jesus to host and hostesses of Jesus we go and, and looking at those that are going to provide coffee or those that are going to offer some donuts. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, those that are going to, to greet at the door with the warmth of a smile or that are going to lead in worship that, that we are hosts and hostesses for Jesus I've said that every week since, uh, or one of the the, the members of the pastor team has said that as well because it's become a part of our heartbeat at Covenant. Uh, And and if this is your first time here, God bless you. We welcome you. Uh, We warmly welcome you and embrace you and hope that here in this space you find, you find, find truth, you find grace, you find love, you find family. Hosts and hostesses of Jesus, that word wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't something that I had long prepared, but it was prepared in me through the word of God. It was prepared in me through the word of God in Matthew 25, because that's exactly what we heard articulated from the Lord this morning. Matthew 25, you know, whenever we read through it, we, 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 we allow ourselves to move uh, forward in motion because the context that Jesus is speaking of is of the final days, of the last day, the day of judgment. And so our mind's eye goes all the way there. And, and I, I would say that's an appropriate starting point, but if we stay there, it's in error. If we stay there... It's an error and we actually miss uh, the potency of what God has for us uh, to teach us about our here and now today. And there's a comparison that's broken down here. There's there's a separation of peoples. Now, I want to begin by by, by highlighting that that Jesus invites in that day of judgment all nations to him, all peoples to him. So so this isn't just, hey, I'm going to get the church together and I'm going to see how well you did. I'm going to grade you. You get an A, you get a B, you get a D, F. You know, that's not... That's not what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is gathering all nations, all people, not that not just the church, not just America, not just people that look like us or have our life experiences, but the whole world, all nations, okay? And then there is a judgment. We believe in judgment. And if, we, and if we read this passage and all we hear is judgment, then we're missing out. Because uh, th- that's assumed by this point uh, in time for us as Christians. We even articulate that in the Apostles' Creed. Uh, that Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. The quick and the dead. Right? So we know this. In fact, we also hear, hear it articulated in Romans 2.16 where we're at the conclusion of this powerful articulation of what judgment looks like and how we ought to be cautious in our judgment because we are all too quick to judge in our human uh, sinfulness. Then at the end of Romans 2.16, uh, it's, it's articulated for us that Jesus is the judge, which is a restatement of what we hear in matthew twenty five that Jesus will be that judge. And so then when the separation takes place, you know sometimes in scripture we hear we hear a, a clear truth, and then we assume the inverse to also be true. And we might wonder, is that what we have here? verse, four, verse forty is a clear truth. Verse forty says, if I could stay. On the right page in the Bible verse 40 says the king Jesus will reply truly I tell you whatever you did for the least of one of these brothers or sisters of mine you did it for me and and so wow uh, there's powerful truth when we have done an act of love or service for someone else we did it for Jesus and then we wonder, is the inverse true? Well, we're not left lingering with that question here today because uh, Jesus articulates the inverse quite clearly in verse 45. He said, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. This this clear presentation of what that judgment looks like, There is there is a vision of what you did for the least and what you did not do for the least and how that impacts our judgment. And it could kind of become for us a carrot or stick sort of a scripture, right? Eternal glory and life in heaven, eternal punishment and damnation in hell, carrot, stick, you choose. And for some people, that's, that's motivation, that, that, that's uh, that, that kind of black and white clarity, I could get on board with it. I need a carrot to chew on in order to follow through, or I need the stick to, to guide me. And some of you have kids that are like that uh, as well. You have to find for your children which worked better. Some of them the stick worked better. Some of them the carrot worked better. Some of them nothing works, right? Uh, and so we we, we we understand what Jesus is doing here, and yet... If our mind's eye, if our thoughts are only focused on that final day judgment, we're missing the critical point and invitation for us today. First, love. Love first the first opportunity you and i have in relationship with others is that of love love those that uh, that you don't know love those that you do know love those that are well fed love those that have not anything to eat love those that are healthy love those that are sick love those that are in prison yes love those that are in prison and love those that are free i believe that you and i have this grand opportunity and invitation to journey through life with the first order of operation being love so I think I must be a glutton for punishment. You know how Facebook algorithms are always showing you something, and 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 it's like they've been listening. It not like it's because they've been listening to everything you've been saying. And and so uh, so here's one of the things that Facebook constantly shows me. It shows me mathematical problems. Uh, sick I know Um, it shows me order of operation problems with parentheses and brackets and multiplication division addition and subtraction all of the above and it weaves it all together and it wants me to solve it and it gives you like the or the, the the a b c d and it's always like trying to trick you anyone else get those problems Okay, like three or four very intelligent, brilliant people. Uh, you're beautiful. You're loving. I, I, I know that there's something extraordinary about you. Everyone else be better. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's my way of getting over how pathetic I am. All right. So I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Uh, so, so that order of operation, you got to know what's first. You can't do what's second before you do what's first. You can't do what's third before you do what's first. You have to go in the proper order if you're ever going to get the right answer. And if we ever want to get to that final day of judgment, if we ever want to be counted as sheep of Jesus' own fold flock, then we need to begin with the very first thing. Now, now we're evangelicals at our very core. We want people to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want them to experience salvation, and we want them to be sanctified in the faith. And, and, and that opportunity is glorious. I was at Fields of Faith earlier this week, which is an FCA event. I was there, and there were hundreds and hundreds of students from all across Tomball and beyond. And, and there was an invitation, and there were many students that gave their life to Jesus that night. Beautiful, powerful. This morning I was over at New Hope Methodist with our, with our friend Peyton Ruddick, and, and I was given the opportunity to, to baptize a young man. His name was Joseph, and, and through the witness of the, of the church, he wanted to respond in faith and be baptized and profess his faith in Jesus. And I was blown away with the gift that it was that I was able to come and intersect his life at that moment where he professed his faith. We're evangelicals. There's great joy in that. But what's the first thing? The first thing we do is love. Love. Love love is 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 first and foremost a response to what Jesus did for us. Jesus loved us, so all we have left to do is love. Like, like that, that's natural, just born within us. Because we have new birth in Jesus, we also want to love others. For God so loved the world, so we should love the world. That's first. And a, a result of that, a consequence of that act of love that's given selflessly, not selfishly, is that we build credibility in relationships. We build op- it builds opportunity to proclaim the good news, to share of our witness. We're not sharing the witness without loving. We love and are given the opportunity to share the witness. So first, love. Love. And some of those ways in which we love are meeting physical needs. You heard it, clothing, food, uh, water, basic needs. Take care of your brothers and sisters. And then there are those other needs that, that are woven into it. Hospitality, fellowship, connection, intimacy of relationships particularly with those that feel as though they are on the outside, cast out, unworthy, and in need. And every single one of us can do that. Every single one. We can find, see, uh, search for, pursue those that are yearning, hungering for relationships, and we can offer it to them. Not because of what we get in glory, but because we've already received glory, and in that confidence, we have nothing else to do but to love. This series, we're going to We're going to focus on the models that Jesus gave us, uh, the the ways in which Jesus revealed uh, through his actions how we are to love, how he loved children, how he loved uh, those that were tormented, how he loved the Gentiles and the secularists, how he loved the sick. We're going to look at all of those that Jesus loved and say, and so we also love. And that's who we are, and that's what we do, and that's our first order of operation and now I want to ask you this morning what difference has love made in your life do you remember times when you felt alone or in need and someone loved you cared for you met you met with you provided for you sustained you in ways that they didn't have to In those spaces, just let your mind go to that, whether it was a mom or a dad, whether it was a a, a more distant relative, whether it was a friend or, or a lady at church, someone in the community, a neighbor. Who was it that loved you and cared for you? And what difference did that have in your life? Jesus came and met you as well in love, offering his full self to you, not saving anything. And he's inviting you to respond in love for his world, for his family as well. Let us put first things first. Let us be a people of love. Would you pray with me? Father, what a gift it is to know of your love, to know that we, that we are loved by the Most High King. We are so unworthy of that love, and yet you love us. And Lord, we remember times when, uh, when we just needed a sign, symbol, experience of love, and it was provided for us through the faithful, and Lord, we celebrate that for each and every one of those people who you drew into our minds. I, Lord, we give thanks. We praise you. And now, let it be us as well. Give us opportunity. Give us moments where we see clearly your children Our brothers and sisters, where we don't see need, but we see love and opportunity to love. Lord, let it pour out of us. Let it pour out of us. Let it pour out of us. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.